everyone, and welcome to Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha Rivers of The Cars Group, where we facilitate outcome. And as you know, on every episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast, we give you strategies, tips, information, and actionable items that will help you to change your mindset and master your success. You can tune in every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern for new episodes that are released. And you can visit our website at MindsetToMastery.com. That's Mindset, the number two, Mastery.com for insights, information, as well as previews of upcoming guests. And today we have a real treat for you because we have a good friend of mine, Sonia Smith-Valentine, who is here from Financially Fierce. Hey, Sonia. (laughs) And she is going to talk about the importance of financial confidence for women. Now, guys, you can still listen in because you'll be able to apply some of this yourself, but we're talking specifically to the ladies today because financial confidence is something that a lot of women don't talk about, um, but is really, really necessary. So just to give you guys a little bit of background into um, this rock star that you're going to be hearing from today. Uh, Sonia is the president of Financially Fierce, where she accelerates the development of professional and executive women through financial confidence training. Um, Providing women with financial confidence increases the trajectory of their careers, and she works with companies, often through their women's initiatives, diversity and inclusion programs, or employee resource groups. Previously, she was a practicing attorney, and for more than a decade, she was the managing attorney of Valentine Legal Group. During her legal career, she helped clients win over half a million dollars in damages for issues with credit reports, debt collection, mortgages, and identity theft. She knows her stuff. She's a really good friend of mine. Um, We're going to give you some great insights and strategies today. And without further ado, welcome, Sonia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So one of the, uh, the main things that I always wonder about. Um, we hear a lot about confidence. We hear a lot about the importance of women leaning in and, and women taking leadership roles and everything, but there aren't too many people talking about financial confidence. So what led you to pick this particular genre, so to speak? Well, my whole career, um, whether it was when I was a CPA practicing law or now running Financially Fierce, has been centered around financial issues. And one of the things that I picked up over the years was men seem to have much more confidence going into financial issues, discussions, um, or dealing with financial problems than the women did. Um, It seemed that the women were coming into the law office, for example, when I was practicing law, only when their backs were up against the wall. And I couldn't understand why, so I started asking questions. And I started getting answers like, well, I didn't know enough when I did this particular financial deal or when Mm. I signed up for this particular loan. And now they're suing me because I didn't understand the terms. And I would go, so you didn't ask any questions? I didn't want to seem embarrassed. I didn't want to seem like I didn't know. Mm. And I started to kind of hear that over and over and over again. And I was like, whoa, okay. Women are having an issue with financial confidence and owning that you know, this is their finances, their money, um, and that they need to, you know, dive in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of how it came about. That's cool. And I will, I will tell everybody, um, I always, I have a couple of friends and I don't know how this is, but I have my best friends and the people in my circle, y'all are numbers people. And I'm not like, I don't, 
okay, we talking about projections and revenue and valuation and, and budget. Okay, I just got a headache. I can't do that. <laughs> and, and so it's interesting to me that I've talked to other women aside from y'all, because I think y'all are a complete anomaly. <laughs> but I talked to other women and we're, we're the same way. We don't really look at the understanding, the nuances of financial decisions, not just personally, but also professionally and how that impacts us. And because with this particular podcast, we have entrepreneurs, people in business, we have women who are in management, we have women who are in leadership positions. And I thought this was a really important topic because with all of us, we have to understand the financial aspects of how the world works. So when you're talking to women and say, for instance, they're in leadership positions or they want to be in leadership positions within their companies, what are some of the financial things that they need to know about or really consider to make sure that they're going to be a viable candidate for some of these really high position jobs? Well, you know, I tell uh, professional women and executive women, you really got to start to learn, you know, not just personal finance, but also the finance of the business world. Um, if you want to be in higher level management, you want to get promotions, you want to make sure your career keeps going on the upward level, as they say, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to look at the budget for a department. You've got to be able to read cash flow statements. You've got to be able to look at inventory statements and understand what's going on. You can't make the best decisions as a manager or a high level executive if you really can't understand the financial aspect of your job, you're supposed to be able to look at it. Let's say you have a company that sells a product, an inventory forecast to figure out when are the times of the year that it seems you need more inventory or less inventory. You're supposed to be able to, if you, let's say managing a store, mm -hmm. be able to look at, you know, the payroll reports and notice, geez, we seem to keep being, having to pay a lot of overtime during this time, maybe we're not staffing properly. Mm. If you're not understanding all of these different kinds of financial reports, the decisions you're making aren't probably the best. So in order to really compete mm -hmm. and grow and move up, even though you may be an HR person, or IT person, you still got to embrace and take on learning a lot of the financial reports and the jargon and the terms that are used so that you can really compete and be the best candidate. And you know, it's interesting that you say that you have to be able to read these reports and understand the reasons behind the numbers. It's not just enough to be able to say, oh, well, this is the cash flow. And when my cash goes up and my cash goes down or when the sales go up or sales go down or inventory, you have to be able to then backtrack and look at, okay, what's causing this? because then you can make better decisions. Like you said, if we're paying a lot of overtime, that means we're not staffing properly. If we notice that we're always out of something or there's a peak in sales for this particular item, we know we have to order extra in advance. And one key thing is it's not just with women who work for companies, but women entrepreneurs. I think the one thing that we really don't, we don't focus on, we don't focus on profitability. We don't focus on our revenues. We don't focus on projections. A lot of us don't even take the time to say, you know what, this is how much money I want my business to bring in. Right. And, and I, I, sorry, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, one of the biggest problems I see with women entrepreneurs is 
they'll sit there and figure out, okay, I need, and I'm just going to use easy numbers. Mm -hmm. I need a hundred dollars a month to cover the expenses of the company. Cause I got to pay my cell phone bill mm -hmm. and I got to pay the insurance bill for the company. And that's all they think about. I got to make a hundred dollars so that I can cover the expenses. They don't think, Oh, maybe I need to make $300 because I need a hundred dollars to cover the expenses of the business. And I need another $75 to pay the bills at my house because this business mm -hmm. is generating money for me to pay my household bills as well. So I need the hundred for the business and another 75 for my bills at home. I got to pay the light bill in the house. Right. And, oh, I need to make a profit so that I have money to reinvest into the business and help it grow. They just think, oh, these are the expenses in front of me. So I need to make a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and they're not, actually sitting down and thinking about what's the real number I need to be working on making and what else do I need to be doing? Maybe you also down the road are going to need to invest in a certain type of equipment. Let's say, you know, it gets to the point where because your podcast took off as part of your business, you now need to upgrade the microphones and the headphones. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about the long-term part of the business. So you're not making sure you're generating money to have for things coming down the road, other un unexpected expenses, things like that. They just get very focused on, I need the hundred dollars to pay this month's bills. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And that's part of why many women entrepreneurs end up failing, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know, it, it's interesting because until I started really looking at my numbers um, and kind of working with you and, and you're asking me all these questions and I'm like, okay, wait, stay with her. Just more Skittles. We're, we're going to be good. <laughs> I really hadn't started thinking about, you know, what type of, like you said, you have to have money to cover your expenses, but you need money to reinvest. Going to conferences, going to, you know, signing up for classes, hiring a coach, hiring an attorney, bringing on staff, like all of these types of decisions we have to know the numbers. And so when you're looking at putting all this together, you mentioned a cash flow statement. What are some of the other types of financial documents that people need to be aware of? I think for a woman entrepreneur, at least there's at least three at a minimum that if nothing else, you really need to learn them. You need to learn your balance sheet, your income statement, and your cash flow statement. Because those are the three basics of any business in terms of financial statements. And they kind of, between the three of them, give you somewhat of a pretty good picture of where your business is. The balance sheet kind of is a snapshot of your assets and your liabilities that you owe at a particular point in time. So you can get a sense of what your company has and what your company owes, you know, as, as of a particular date. Your income statement obviously gives you an idea of, oh, this is the revenue I'm generating and these are the expenses and this is what's left over, hopefully, which is the positive number, which means you're making income. Because if it's a negative number, you're losing money. Right. And then your cash flow statement gives you an idea of, you know, on average, this is when cash tends to come into the business. And this is the time period when cash tends to go out of the business so that you can start to plan accordingly to know when, you know, Things are coming in and things are going out so that you know, oh, okay, we got to make sure we, the cash is coming in between the first and the fifth of the month, but it's going out between the 12th and the 14th. 
we got to make sure when that cash comes in, we're holding X amounts to cover the cash that has to go out mm -hmm. so that you can plan, you know, business or contracts or things in terms of payments and stuff so that your bills are, you know, getting covered and cash flow is coming in at the right time. Now, it, and when you were talking about this, I started thinking about the fact that it's not just something that applies to business. Because if you look at your personal household, and, and I was going through this whole process of trying to position myself to figure out if I, I wanted to um, actually buy real estate, and I had to go back and look at this stuff for my household, okay, you know, my balance sheet personally for my home, my, my household, and my income statement for my household, and my cash flow for my household. So so this financial confidence stuff is not just for entrepreneurs, it's not just for women leaders, but this is for people as far as how do they, they can apply, they can do the same types of statements for their personal houses, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they should. Um, you know, unfortunately, these days, most people are just kind of living as they say, paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Paycheck comes in, they pay the bills that are coming up, and then they wait for the next paycheck and pay the next set of bills. And there's no real planning that mm -hmm. happens. Um, but yes, at home, you should be doing the same thing. You should be looking at balance sheet to take a snapshot of what do we own? What do we owe? Mm -hmm. Taking a look at the income statement of this is all the money that flows into the house. And this is all the money that flows out. Cause you'll be surprised to find a lot of leaks. There's lots of places that <laughs> money is flowing out that you're going, wait, why do we still have a gym membership? We don't even go. We're paying how much a year for that? Gotcha. And then the cash flow to pay attention because a lot of times people should not just be going, Oh, I get paid on the 15th. And so I'm going to pay the bills that are due in the next two weeks. Mm. You really should look at when stuff is coming in. And sometimes you might be paying something early or might be paying it out of the next check because there's a better cash flow. If gotcha. you did that. Um, and we do that here. Um, I can tell you there are things that come in to be paid. And let's say my husband got paid on the 15th. It might have already been paid out of the check before that because I wanted a more even set of payments mm -hmm. and extra money out of each paycheck. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it might not be due to the 20th, but I paid it out of the check that came in on the 7th because I'm not trying to have all of these bills being paid out of the check on the 15th, let's say. Right. And so you end up with a much more even cash flow in your house. So people should be doing these same kinds of statements and analysis for their home because it'll help them save more, spend less, and actually do that thing that everybody claims they can't do, which is save some money for retirement. Retirement? We're not going to retire. We're going to work till we're dead. <laughs> right. We're going to work They're just going <laughs> yeah, to Yeah. We're actually supposed to be working to save some money for retirement. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that's one of the, when I talk to people, and, and I know this was a mindset that I was exposed to growing up because there wasn't any quote unquote extra. So the financial decisions that were made were more along the lines of survival instead of positioning yourself to be disciplined enough to make informed decisions. And I think financial confidence just comes down to making, being able to understand how to read these reports, how to generate them, and then how to make informed decisions so that you're not just reacting, you're actually planning ahead for what's coming. And also I would add in there, you feel comfortable enough with your 
abilities to, okay, I know how to read some reports. Oh, I don't understand this report. I'm okay with asking questions mm -hmm. or I'm okay with going and getting a book so that I can learn more about it. Mm -hmm. you, you feel comfortable enough with yourself. You have enough confidence to say, either I know it, so I'm going to use it, mm -hmm. or I don't know enough, so I'm going to, you know, go get a book or talk to someone or, geez, this thing I don't understand at all. Let me go ask a whole bunch of questions. Like, mm -hmm. but, but there's nothing that makes you stop and go, oh no, I'm running away. Right. And that, that, and I, I believe that a lot of times when people don't understand something, their first inclination is to run away. Yes. And, and we don't want to explore and figure out what it is. And, and I think mainly because for, for women in particular, financial stuff is personal yeah. to us for some reason. Like we, we take into account, it, it's like our bank account or our credit score or, you know, reading these reports and everything. Like we look at this as a personal thing and saying, oh, well, I'm not good enough or I don't understand this. So there's something must be wrong with me. So how, how do you get people kind of out of that mindset? Is it more a lot? Do you give them certain tips in terms of things where they can start? I mean, how can they start getting away from that whole, okay, this is too much for me and therefore I'm a bad person and I'm horrible. <laughs> Right. Well, first they got to start, stop saying to themselves, I'm horrible because you're not, because believe it or not, actually you've got lots of company in terms of people who don't understand and, and haven't grasped the ideas. There are plenty of people. So they can start with, you're not horrible, but I really say start reading more books and blogs and find one or two personal finance experts that you like. There are plenty, but there are always like one or two that will resonate with you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Just go with those one or two and read their books and read their blogs and start getting your head used to hearing the terms and figuring out what they mean. Also, like I said, we've got to get past this whole thing of I'm embarrassed. I feel bad. So I don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. It's your money. You get to... I don't care whether it takes five questions or 25. It's your money. You get to ask as many questions as you want when it's your money. I will keep you still for an hour if I need to until I get it because this is my money. Right. Then the other thing that I recommend, talk to some professionals. And I mean like whether it's a financial advisor or an accountant or whatever. Even if you can't afford to hire them long-term, mm -hmm. just doing a consultation and many times the consultation will be free. Just do the consultation and at least let them explain some things to you and maybe set you off in the right direction where they can say, okay, look, based on your situation, here's what I recommend. You work on paying down some debt. Here's where I suggest maybe you make a few investments or whatever it is going on in your particular situation where at least you've got some professional direction, even though they may not be somebody you hire long-term. But now you can at least feel comfortable to say, okay, I know some of the steps I should start taking. Mm -hmm. And then I think the biggest other thing we women have to do, we have to start being honest with our friends. Mm -hmm. I think way too often we play keeping up the Joneses with each other yeah. where, you know, your girlfriends call, Hey, what you doing Saturday? We going to dinner. We going to have some food and some drinks, girl, you need to come. You know good and well your budget does not include a food and drink budget for Saturday. <laughs> you are out the door, blowing the budget, going to hang, 
with the girls to have, you know, the tacos and the drinks and the whatever, instead of saying to your friends, I can't do that this week. You know, the car needed tires this week. And so I don't have the money to come, but you know, I'll catch y'all next time. Mm-hmm. I instituted that with my friends and guess what started to happen when somebody said I can't come tires had to get replaced we then either said you know what we're going to move it to another time and we're going to hang out or somebody in the group said you know what don't worry about it I got your check this week because I got the money gotcha now you're not blowing your budget we have got to start being honest with each other when no, I can't come hang out because I had to replace the tires or, you know, there was an emergency trip to the hospital because the kid broke his arm. We've got to stop playing that, keeping up the, the Joneses syndrome with each other. If we're really truly friends, right? true friends, we should be able to say to each other, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. My budget this week is, is not going to allow that. And I think we'd be amazed at how much less debt, for example, we would all start seeing in our lives and i think we'd also start to learn more because something would happen and somebody would say oh wait did you know the hospital has this new program where if you don't have insurance you can apply and they'll you know cut your bill in half i I used it last year but if we're not having the conversations we're also not educating each other right because in in, uh, in honesty and being authentic is key yeah. to that and and when it comes to the financial confidence issues and no one seems to want to admit that there's any financial issue at all exactly exactly and, and we just end up with you know sticking our head in the sand until we have no choice but to deal with it and then we end up coming to people like you when you had your law firm because we were getting sued <laughs> Yes. You come to me and you go, oh my God, I defaulted on my credit card and I'm being sued and they want to repossess my car. And I go, where have you been? Why are you just getting here? Mm. Well, you know, and I go, exactly. You stuck your head in the sand and hoped it would go away. But when it was a molehill, you should have been searching out for help and answers. Now it's a mountain. Right. And that's a lot harder to climb. Now, one thing, one word you kept mentioning in in the last bit of advice was budget. Yeah, that was the B word that I was not I was not even remotely trying to be anywhere close to until a and a, a really good girlfriend of mine. I remembered every time we talked about that whole thing. Hey, let's go hang out. Let's go do this. She was like, "Well, yeah, that's not in my budget." And I was like, "Budget? What are you doing with a budget?" And I found that going online and finding these really easy apps where I just put in what I was spending, it opened my eyes as to how much money I was wasting on stuff I wasn't even using. Yep. And, and so now, I mean, I'm a little bit neurotic about it with the budget right now, but um, because I go to extremes, but I think that, that that's a key in terms of us really getting, taking control because I think like you keep saying, recognize it's your money. And, and yep. you control where the money goes, not having the money control you in terms of you being stressed out and feeling like you're pulled in all these different directions and then ending up getting in debt because you're adding more stuff onto credit cards that you really can't afford and you can't pay for. I always say, you know, people hear the word budget and they immediately get upset by the word because they think, oh, this is something to restrict me. Mm. And I always say, don't look at it as a restriction. 
I'm very happy having a budget because it allows me to keep my money in my pocket. And I like it in my pocket. And I know you've heard me say this many times, like when something happens or, you know, like let's say a company makes a mistake that impacts my money. I'm always like, get out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. I don't like people or things in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I want the money in my pocket. So I always say to folks, don't look at the budget as a restriction. Look at it as a, this is my plan on how I pay me first. Right. Right. And that, that's a great way to look at it because you're right. We should be paying ourselves first because we're doing all the work. Um, exactly. And, and, and I really, I know this is something, and we just touched the surface of it as far as the, the, the whole, what financial decisions mean to you and your family and, and for you and your career and your business. But I think that just someone taking this as the first step and being able to say, you know what, I'm going to start looking at my finances differently. I'm going to, you know, read some books, like you said, and, and talk to a professional and start looking at, you know, following somebody who is a, a financial advisor, a planner, going to a consult. Just taking those initial steps, I think, is key. So I know on your website, you've got some information that people can, can tap into and everything. So tell us how we can... They can find you, where they can find you, where they can find your resources, all of that good stuff. Sure. Um, So my company is called Financially Fierce because most people who know me kind of know that's my attitude. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what makes y'all say that about me. Just a little Um, bit, just just slightly, just a little bit. (laughs) So the website is financiallyfierce.com. And if someone were to go up on there, they'll see right on the homepage I have... um, buttons that say, you know, associations, corporations, but also a button that says individuals. Mm -hmm. And from that button, you can find uh, various financial resources that I have on that page. Um, You can also find me all over social media. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter, either under Sonia Smith Valentine or Financially Fierce. Um, So I'm always posting different things. And um, either through social media or through the website, people can reach out. Okay, awesome. Well, I want to encourage everyone, your first step, she gave some great tips on on what you can do to start moving yourself into being more financially confident. But I would say the number one thing would be to go visit her website at financiallyfierce.com. Take a look at the resources because you know that she, I can tell you for a fact, she does not put anything on her website. She's not endorsed anything or not put anything out there that is not true that she has not checked out. So that is a really, really good place to start. Um, And then just start taking little steps, little by little, so that you can actually start improving your financial confidence and be able to make financially savvy decisions in your life, in your career, and in your business. So thank you so much for joining us, Sonia. Um, I'm actually going to have you back because I want to talk about some more in-depth stuff when it comes to boards and and a whole lot of other oh, things. Oh, sure. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have her back. And um, for those of you who have just tuned in, make sure you rewind it to be able to go back to the beginning and, and listen to all this, the tips that she gave. Um, check her out at financiallyfierce.com. You can visit us at our website, mindsettomastery.com. That's mindset, the number two, mastery.com. We hope that you have gathered some insights, strategies, tips, and actionable items that are going to help you change your mindset to master your success. Until next time, you guys make it an awesome day.